Welcome along to episode 22. I'm Cam. I'm the host of the Lifting in Life podcast. I have a bachelor's degree in psychology. I'm a personal trainer and I also work in IT. Today, I'm joined by Kimmy Schreiber, who is a professional trail runner from Germany. Right now, Kimmy is going through a tough time with her racing, which after having to pull out from her most recent race, left her questioning her identity as a trail runner. So you'll find this episode especially useful if you're going through a time where your expectations have not met the outcome, whether that's, you know, in a physical pursuit or even at work or with your business. We also delve into the more specifics of trail running, how it's different from road running. And I also ask Kimmy about her nutrition, both when she's racing and also outside of racing. And then lastly, because selfishly, I wanted to, um, I'm getting into running right now. So I wanted to pick her brain on what is the best equipment to buy, you know, running shoes, clothing, hat, whatever, watch. Um, so I personally enjoyed that because I'm getting into it right now too. As always, I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you want to show support, feel free to like, comment, subscribe on the platform that you're listening to this on. Schreiber, thanks so much for joining me all the way from France you're in right now. Yeah, right. Thanks for having me. Um, and yeah, you're right. I'm sitting in Chamonix right now um, in France. And yeah, I'm happy to be here. Now, there's probably worst places in the world you could be right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. <laughs> but I have to say like the weather at the moment is like, yeah, it's rainy um, and gray outside. So but still, I mean, the mountains are right in front of my doorstep, so it's not that bad. Yeah, I've, I've only seen it on YouTube and stuff, like the Golden Trail series and stuff. Of course. So I've never been, but um, it looks like a nice place. Anyway, in terms of um, what I'm keen to chat to you about today, I understand that right now you're going through what you'd probably describe, describe as quite a difficult time with your um, recent races and you know, having to overcome the DNF and things like that. So I was keen to sort of understand a little bit more about what you're going through right now. And then later in the episode, we could jump into what got you into trail running and maybe some more ins and outs for beginners and some some advice. So if you're keen, we could just start off with what your current situation kind of looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, as you said already, like I would describe my situation um, like so and so. I mean, I'm here. I'm healthy. I'm like I am like able to run. I'm not like injured or something. It's just more that I'm kind of mentally blocked since a while now because actually I moved here in May um, from Germany, like from Munich, where I was living before, and where I'm from. So it was kind of a big step for me. Um, and of course it was a decision I made because of the sport and because of the running, because actually in Munich it's nice, but it's not perfect for trail running. So yeah. Um, and I arrived here and it was super emotional because it was such a big change. And then 
I did not really have the time to arrive here properly because like after two weeks I had to fly or I had to fly like I, I flew over to South Africa for a pretty important race which went well and I came back and then like one week later I flew over to Germany um, to race there as well and like it was so much traveling and not really being here um, and I felt tired since May actually since I'm here I felt like I don't know I just did not really feel good anymore like I did not really have any energy left I did not really have the motivation to train properly and I mean I'm here in Chamonix so there are so many amazing trails and I'm I just didn't really like I did not feel the need of running which is not great when you're a trail runner so yeah I raced in Germany like two weeks ago and I the race was okay-ish I mean it was not that bad it was still fifth position in a quite strong field but man I put such a huge pressure on myself what I always do like I always expect so much from me so I yeah I was in a finish line and I was kind of oh, I was just feeling horrible and my stomach was kind of blocked and my breathing did not uh, work that well so yeah I flew back to sh like to France and uh, then I was here for one week and then there was the Marathon de Mont Blanc on Sunday actually a pretty important race for me one of the most important ones maybe because not because of the like the podium or anything because actually this is one of the craziest races one of the golden trail series races so I knew that there will be so many strong women it was more like being there as one of the elite women was such a cool feeling but from the first moment on like from the start on I felt kind of again like the pressure which I put on myself was so huge and like like after one hour in the race I felt like okay this will be um, a DNF maybe and then like one hour later I yeah I was still in the race because I really tried to like to um, yeah race strong and I feel like mentally I felt fine it was more like my again my stomach was blocked and my breathing did not work so actually you can't run downhill or uphill or whatever if your body doesn't work yeah so I think I pushed so like I wanted to race good so I like the pressure I put on myself was insanely high so my body was like kind of okay fuck you man like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah after 30k I stopped and that was like it was the right decision but still a DNF for an athlete is one of the hardest uh, calls to make so yeah I came home and I was like yeah I had to cry several times and I Actually, I felt super weak. Um, I felt like, okay, maybe my time as a professional athlete is coming to an end. I was super dramatic at this moment, but <laughs> <laughs> I was like, maybe I'm not one of the strongest anymore. And then maybe it's time to let it go. Um, yeah, and then I talked to many, many people. And now I'm, I'm in a better definitely in a better position like some days later but still the self-doubt is quite high and yeah I think what is necessary for me now before I 
race again is to like to overcome the self-doubt time by just not racing and just being here arriving here properly and just take my time um and that's what i'm doing now actually i read your most recent blog post that you shared on your story the other day about pressure mm -hmm. and i found that really really interesting and i was uh, i wanted to ask you what does self-inflicted pressure mean to you because that was a term that you used in there which i found you know quite thought-provoking so in terms of what you're going through right now you mentioned that a lot of the pressure was put on by yourself obviously there's that external pressure um, as well but what does that self-inflicted pressure mean to you well i mean um of course as i am a professional runner there are sponsors and stuff like that so it's not fair to say it's only me who expects like who is expecting anything from myself but I am definitely the one who is expecting the most. Like, I always want to be perfect in a way. I want to train perfect every day. I want to work every day. I want to, like, be the best version of myself every day, which is not possible. I am a super structured and um, strict person. And, like, sometimes if I don't, like, reach what I wanted to reach i only search for the mistakes or the problems on my side on my side and i did not really see that the fact that i um, moved and so many things changed in my life which takes energy is a reason maybe to like calm down a bit i was just on 100 every day and i was like and it worked for a t a, quite a long time actually But at one point, I was just, it didn't work anymore. So, yeah, I think my head was just constantly thinking, man, if you don't, um, like, work anymore in terms of training and working and stuff like that, you're not the same Kimmy everyone expects you to be. So just keep going, keep going. And so here we are now. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like that's such a paradox because if you didn't have that kind of mindset you wouldn't achieve the things that you're able to achieve and have achieved yeah. you know if, if you had a mindset where you just do 70 of what you need to do you're never going to be the top of your sport so it it kind of reminds me of a bit of an identity thing right so much of your identity is built up as being a trail runner so like you say when you don't get a result that you wanted did you find that it was making you question your identity to a certain point you mentioned how you know oh i don't know if i'm a good trail runner anymore i'm not sure if i'm you know cut out for this was it sort of an identity thing that you were questioning that's a good question actually i think yes i think um of course on the one hand like being this disciplined disciplined i don't know how to say it um, no, that's right disciplined yeah <laughs> uh, person um who is well organized and structured is kind of necessary when you want to be like a professional athlete. But on the other side, like there's such a, like it's important to um, like calm down, calm down sometimes. So I, like what I was thinking on Sunday was actually, well, <laughs> the running is one of my, like, um, 
who am I? Who is Kimmy? And would I only like describe myself as a runner or a trail runner? And like the the response is no, actually, I'm more than that. But on Sunday it was like, okay, I failed, and maybe if I'm not like able to show up as a good runner anymore, then maybe I should cancel the runner uh, for a while and search something else in life. So that was actually my point of view on Sunday. And it was, as I said already, it was super dramatic and it was like, <laughs> it was way over the top. But I really questioned my identity in that moment because actually last year I had such a great season and I had like kind of only successful races. So I was Kimmy the runner. And my whole, like, the story I am creating at the moment around my life is actually based on the running, kind of. Not only, but um, a big part of it. So, yeah, that's definitely part of it. Like, questioning myself, who am I, is actually something I'm doing a lot uh, over the last days. My yeah. partner, she's a professional IFBB bikini pro. And she, this is an analogy I've talked about before, but she went to a sports psychologist before she competed in the States once. And the sports psychologist said with professional athletes or athletes competing at a high level, she used the analogy of a pie. And she said that a lot of that pie when you're an athlete is like representing your identity. A lot of that pie is taken up as the athlete version of yourself. Yeah. And then when that athlete version of you is challenged or maybe you don't meet the expectations that's when you can all of a sudden kind of like how you're describing right now question what are the other things that I am other than just the thing that I do or just the sport that I do yeah I think that's also something really important to do like um, actually I'm super happy that I'm not only a trail runner so like I'm also a journalist and I'm, I love to write and I love to, like, I love the fact that I have that second um, job, let's yeah. call it like that. So actually that's a good thing, but still it's like, um, yeah, if you don't reach your goals in one thing, you currently get to the point where you, like, kind of lose the motivation to, like, perform if you, like... That's actually um, what happened to me. Like, I don't feel the need of, or I didn't feel the need of keep on train with the, like, continue with the training if it, if the races are not going well. So that's actually why I'm now, like, I take myself out of racing for a bit to find um, the passion about it again. So actually, because I love to race, but at the moment, not really. So that's where like, yeah, I just hope that I find the, like the passion and the feeling of being happy while racing again. Yeah. That's, that's really good insight actually. Cause what I wanted to ask you is if there are people listening right now who are going through a similar thing, you know, maybe they've been doing something for a while and then they haven't, you know, managed to achieve the things that they wanted to achieve recently, what would be some ways for them of dealing with that, you know? And one of those that you just described is giving it a rest for a second and channeling your energy into something else. Is there any other specific things that you're doing right now to sort of 
work through the current challenges? Uh, to be honest, I'm still searching um, for this myself. So what I am trying to do now is to focus on the, let's call it, bright side of life. So yeah. like, um, <laughs> I love to sit on my balcony. I love to like with a coffee and with a book or with my laptop writing articles and um while well i'm still training like i did not really take a rest of training i'm still training and i will continue with the training but it's like what i am trying to do now is to like take out the pressure and just train for myself not for a race which is coming up or not for like anyone else i just try to race for myself and or to train for myself and i think that is maybe something which i lost for quite a while because every, every time when i was racing um in germany for example two weeks ago it was horrible actually it felt like no second felt good it was just okay i have to show that i am one of the favorites i have to show that i am worth it that the people are here now cheering for me. Um, I have to, I have to, I have to. I must be the perfect Kimi delivering a great result. So that's what happened, actually. And when I was in the finish, nobody really cared about the fact that I was maybe 10 minutes slower than the, that the women who won. It was just like, man, Kimi, you just, you just raced and it, it was amazing and you still did great. So, and we are just happy to have you here. But I was like constantly in like, nah, I'm not happy. I did like, my race was shit. And I, I did not show the, like, I did not perform how I, how I wanted to. So everything was just, nah. So yeah. it's like your expectations of yourself were so exactly. much higher than what other people were expecting. Exactly. Of you. And that's maybe something I'm trying to work on now. Actually, it's fine to like be like slowlier sometimes than others. And in the end, the race is only with yourself. And that's what I'm like trying to get in my head now. Like, it's okay to not be perfect every time. That's why I chose the song It's Okay on my latest yeah, post. Like, yeah. it's okay. Like, <laughs> who cares if there's one or two or even three races not going that well? Like, uh, I still, like, I love what I do and I have to, like, find this love again. So that's what I'm trying to do. But, like, to answer your question, I'm still searching for the right way to do that or to, yeah, um, like, achieve this. It's not and that easy. It feels like something like that is obviously a journey, right? You're not yeah. going to talk to one person and then the thing's going to be solved overnight it's something that you're going to have to almost deconstruct and understand where that amount of self-inflicted pressure like you say sort of stems from and then also understand why your body didn't want to you know compete on that day to me like just from the picture that you painted it seems like such a holistic thing an analogy that i really like is that you can only spin so many plates at once you know those mm. i don't know if you call them a clown or whatever but they spin plates on sticks and if you try and spin 10 plates at once you're not going to get any to spin but if you're spinning one and then you slowly introduce another gradually you can spin more but you can only spin one really well at a time mm. and you moving countries 
and then also like flying all the way to South Africa and also trying to race at the same time. It seems like there were so many plates spinning that your body just kind of needed a break or just kind of gave up on you a little bit. And that's like um, also something I was talking about like two weeks ago because actually there were so many things going on over the last month. Like, for example, the world champs uh, in Austria in June. No, in, yeah, in June. And um, like two weeks ago, actually, or three weeks ago. And I was invited, like, first of all, I was nominated for the German team. And I, uh, like, I said no to that because I would wanted to race South Africa to qualify for UTMB in August. Which felt not great, but it felt okay to me to say no to that. But then I was invited to, like, be one of the person who who is moderating. Can I say, yeah, the whole event that was such a cool thing, and I was like, I felt so honored. But as like again, I said no because that this would have meant like five days of working constantly. And I wanted to train, I wanted to rest, I wanted to be in Munich with my family and my boyfriend. So I again said no. And like there were so many possibilities and there are still so many also like racing wise, like the Golden Trail Series, UTMB, World Champs, whatever. Um, and there's always the need to like make a decision and say no to things because you want to experience other things. So what happened to me was like the constant feeling of FOMO. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm not there and I'm not there. I'm here now, but I can't really enjoy the present because I always want to be everywhere, which is not possible. So actually, exactly that happened. I was trying to fill in at, as much as possible. And in the end, I did not enjoy anything anymore. So yeah. I, I'd describe that as being between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you got this thing, but you don't want to go, but then you also want to go at the same exactly. time. So constantly it's like having your foot on the brake and on the accelerator at the same time. Exactly. And that, like, even though you're still in the same place, I'm sure that would be, you know, very taxing on your energy. Yeah, I think it was like, as I said already, like I, over the last months, I just... I just wanted too much and I um, took not even one day like for rest or anything. So I just learned it. Maybe it was necessary that this DNF happened. I think it was necessary so that I like I felt how it feels to like just be tired and like, yeah, just not be motivated anymore to yeah um do the things which i really loved some month ago so it kind of felt like a, i wouldn't say i'm in a burnout or i was in a burnout that's maybe a little bit too much but it felt like sometimes i was just burning out in the sense of i was just tired of keep going and that's not normal for me yeah and perhaps you caught yourself at the right time before you fully burnt out who knows maybe in a, a month or something you might feel refreshed and and ready to go again but I think it's definitely the best idea to give yourself the time now and it, I think it's it's probably quite refreshing for people to hear even a, a professional athlete of your caliber it's still a journey you know just because you're a professional athlete doesn't mean you have all the answers when you're going through these kind of things it's still a journey even for someone like you too um absolutely like like I received so many messages after my latest post which was amazing. Like so many people 
told me that they actually experienced the same thing or they experienced the same thing, which should maybe be something we should all think about because actually so many people are feeling yeah. like tired of something they are doing. Um, but like, yeah, I just felt so happy about it. And I was like, so many people also told me, hey, you're like 28. Of course, like there's so much more to come and so much more to learn. And like even a, or maybe like a DNF is so much more than a DNF. It's also a process and a learning. So see it as a learning and take everything out of it and then you'll come back stronger i i don't really like this like come back stronger but <laughs> yeah. i mean it's true in a way like i want to like yeah take this whole experience as a learning because i'm definitely i need like there's so much more to learn from for me um so yeah i, I definitely don't know everything um even as a professional runner there's nah uh, like You never know everything, so there's always a learning, and that's how I take it now. Yeah. Now zooming out a little bit, and maybe <laughs> um, going back in time to when you first started trail running, what did that look like, and what first sort of pulled you into this sport? Because it's a pretty crazy sport, like running in the mountains for 40 kilometers and trying to do it as fast as you can. It's not an easy thing to do. So what is it that first? got you into the sport of trail running well actually it was one of my like one good friend of mine we were in the same running club in the city i was studying and um he was like kind of like he was running for adidas terex back then and he yeah he told me kimmy i think you actually would love to like you would love trail running and i was like what the hell is trail running because actually I did it quite like for a while already, but I did not know that I have to like um, make a difference between running on roads and running on trails. I was just running on roads and running on trails. And for me that that running was running. is running. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So I was kind of like, okay, I'll just come with you and we'll see um, how it goes. So he, what he did was registering, registering, I don't know how to say it in for a race. Like uh, yeah, that's right. it was a, um like a 21k race with 1000 meters of elevation and we we got there and um we raced it and actually i finished third overall and <laughs> your first one <laughs> yeah it was Whoa. <laughs> it was quite cool but it was also yeah. like i have to be like it was a familiar pretty small race so there was not that huge and strong field but still it felt cool and i felt like okay this is something i really really much love um so what i did actually was like i continued with the same training um as before like i was running on the track i was running on the roads i was running in the forest and i started to uh, race on trails and like five years later here we are now in chamonix so Yeah, that was my first trail running experience, actually. Well, that's epic. And you make the story sound quite linear. Like, you know, I didn't do trail running, then I did trail running, and then now here I am. <laughs> then I I'm started sure. yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> big in, career. <laughs> yeah, in that time, I'm sure there's a lot of ups and downs. But for people who are, maybe they don't even run right now, or maybe they're just wanting to get into running, or they only do road running, what would your advice be 
in order be for starting trail running specifically because like you said when you first started oh road running and trail running it's it's the same thing but now that you have your five or six years of experience what would your advice be for people who are wanting to start running on trails um well actually i think the most important thing is to mention that i like i ran for quite a long time before i even started trail running so what i did was like building a like a base of running i like i was already quite fit in running on flat parts and also like on hilly stuff and i think that's something many people don't really think about when they start with trail running they think they will be like they will have a great time in the nature and uh, enjoy every um, when they die and go (laughs) (laughs) it's like i mean (laughs) i'm just that's actually what i don't like there are so many people like trying to tell on Instagram or whatever the social media parts like oh it's uh, trail running is so beautiful and it's running up and down in the nature and actually that's not true of course it is also it's beautiful but man it's such a hard sport and it's brutal and if you don't like yeah build your base actually like try to run um, and like get the feeling of that running is something you really, really much like and enjoy. And if you feel fit in the in running, then you can start running on trails and try to start and like running um, on hills or even mountains. But just take it easy. You don't have to be like a Kilian Jornet in the first trail running event. Actually, it's like what so many people do in the beginning. Um, also, some friends of mine they think they like to hike so they are good trail runners and actually that's a good start maybe if you feel like um if you like mountains that's actually something which would help but still trail running and hiking or running and trail running is definitely not the same so um like take it easy in the beginning and um yeah also don't be frustrated if it doesn't feel great in the beginning it's hard work so would, would you yeah. say for someone who maybe has a base level of fitness, you know, they've been road running for a little while, is that how transferable to the trails would you say that is? Because I feel like running up and down hills is obviously it's your cardiovascular system, but so much of it would be about your muscles, right? Mm-hmm. And how strong you can pull yourself up the hill and stop yourself from falling over when you're running down the hill. So how transferable would the road running be to the trails? Oh, I think actually that's something so individual. Like, um, like on the like, there will be many people who love to run on the roads, but they don't feel the need to run on trails, and then that's that's totally fine. I think. Um, oh, that's so hard to <laughs> like to answer that. Um, I think if you like running, you should definitely give it a try. But if you don't feel like, for many, many people also in my, like for my friends, uh, they, for them, it's totally fine to stay, like to run on the road or to run in the, like on the streets or maybe like on the, on a gravel road or something like that. But they don't need like the adventure of running on trails and then that's perfectly fine. And I think the point in like what you also mentioned with the strength, it's something which so many people forget. Like you, 
um, have to train your whole body, not only like, yeah, that's why I said trail running and running is such a difference. There's like, yeah, you have to be physically strong to like be like to run, to be able to run on trails. And so I think if the mental thing, like if you like to do it, um, there's, yeah, then you like, I think, <laughs> oh, it's so like I'm I'm getting lost now in my no, no, in right. my motivation speak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, actually, what I'm like, what I'm trying to say is, if you like, give it a try. If you don't like it, it's totally fine. If you like it, um, running on trails, then there are like huge differences in trails. Like there's technical trails, there's gravel roads, there's like hilly roads, there's like um, crazy alpine alpinism alpine yeah alpine stuff so there's so many different things to do and to explore and if you like i think everyone who wants to be close to nature it's perfect to start trail running but it's also okay to not be a trail runner that's what i think what is possible like what is necessary to say but if you want to do it there's always a way to do it even if you're not the strongest or fastest person yeah because i was thinking about it from the perspective of someone who you know, wants to get into it. So it's a good point to say that it's very different to road running and not everyone has to run the trails. I think yeah. that's quite an important part. But, if, you know, if someone was really wanting to get into the trail running, would you say that their training would have to be quite a lot different to what a road runner would have to do? Like maybe things like strength training or like weight training, would you say that that is more important in trail running than it is in road running? Actually, no, because if you take me, for example, um, I was like for the last years, I actually did not really live in mountains. Now I'm in Germany, but before that I was living in Munich, which is a city. So um, and I trained like 99% in the flat and on the road. Um, and that's why I moved now because what I'm experiencing now is that the people run away on the technical parts and on the steep parts. So I have to improve on them. But for me, for the last four years, being a professional athlete, it worked pretty well. So um, what I definitely had to um, put more energy in was like the strength training which I'm super bad still. Like, <laughs> it's definitely not my favorite part. It's like the mobility and the strength training. It's, ah, Just I'm be so running. lazy. <laughs> I would prefer running 10 hours around a mountain than do five <laughs> minutes of stretching. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, but I think it's totally fine if you're living in a city or somewhere flat. You can definitely also train for being a trail runner, I think. But of course, it's better to be around places where you can just jump on the trails um, and train in the terrain, which is necessary to like improve, for example, on the technical parts or stuff. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. Now, going back to your first race, you came third, which is pretty crazy for your first race. How did your strategy from that first race change <laughs> over time? Like, did you go into that first race, did you have any strategy at all or did you just kind of like put your shoes on and go for a run um well my strategy was to sprint out of the start um, area <laughs> nice. and like after 1k i was like kind of dead um 
because actually even back then I was like my my expectation um, on, of myself were insanely high even back then. So I thought, okay, I'm here now. I have to show myself at least that I'm able to race this uh, race. So I started way too fast. Um, and I then I had to like... I I just took it very, very easy on the uphill, which was a pretty steep climb. And then in the downhill, because as we t talked about it already, I had back then already like kind of like my downhill running was quite good because I had the strength to run down pretty fast. And it was honestly not a technical thing. It was just a gravel road downhill, which is the perfect thing for me. It's my favorite downhill. Just let it go. Um, so that was actually my first race experience. And then, um, it took quite a while and it still definitely is not perfect now. Like what I did on Sunday actually was like running way too fast in the first 13 K. Like it was so fast in the beginning and I just tried to stay with the fast ladies. Um, so I'm still learning on this one, but it definitely improved in terms of I try to listen more like I'm focusing more on myself. I don't I try to not think about the other the others. I try to focus on my training, on my um running, on my strength, on my f on my speed. And if that this works out, then I have a good race. Yeah. It's almost like an analogy for life almost just yep. comparing yourself to you rather than yourself to others but in a sport where it's running and it's very objective whether you know where you're placed in a race how do you manage that dynamic between making sure you're just running the race for you but also running to be competitive at the same time Oof, so hard questions hey um <laughs> um can take it I'm still like I'm getting there still like um on Sunday I kind of like I knew that there are so many women who are stronger than me so I did not really try to compare myself to them but what I definitely did was comparing myself to the ladies who were kind of the same level than me and that was a big mistake because I I totally forgot about my strength. Like I just tried to search for their weaknesses maybe and not focus on myself. So of course you always have to think about the others in terms of like who, like um, when you want to be maybe in first position or maybe try to attack someone, You of course you have to think about their performance as well. But I really like... I'm trying to get to the point where I really be in the start of a race thinking, okay, they look insanely strong and I know them and I know that they are strong, but I am too. And I like, I'm doing my race. And if it's enough to take the win in the end, it's totally fine. And if not, it's also totally fine because I gave my best. And if that's not enough for the moment, then that's okay. 
that I'm <laughs> like talking about it is always so easy, but behaving yeah. like the this theory is... versus the practice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it but, it yeah. sounds like an important part of that is having a clear plan before you go into the race, because it's obvious that before you do the race, you would know how much you're going to climb, how much you're going to descend, all that kind of stuff. So before you race, do you have a sort of a set plan each time for how you're going to attack it? No, I'm exactly the opposite, actually, because really? like um, what I never do is um, looking on the like start list because I don't want to know who's there. I will see it in the on the race day. So there's no need for me to already compare myself to others days before the race. And also like nutrition wise, oh, I'm so bad in like um, preparing actually my like on like for Martin Montblanc, I was sitting together with a teammate of mine on Saturday and she was better prepared for my race than I was. She was like, okay, there is an aid station and there's an aid station and there's an aid station. Here you have to run 10K, here you have to run 13K and here you have to run 20K. And I was like, well, yes, I don't know. I, and she was like, Kimmy, you, like, you are so bad prepared. I was like, well, I know I'm always like that. Yeah. That's actually something I have to learn. Because what I'm learning from my teammates, and that's definitely something people should do as well, is like take your time to have a look on the course. Like not if you can't run there before, it's fine, but just take a look on the GPS profile or whatever. Um, see where the aid stations are. Um, like think about the nutrition, how much do you need per hour, stuff like that. So then it will be a great race if you think about that. But if you do it like like the same as me, sometimes it can be uh, actually a nightmare, to be honest. Like the like in South Africa in May, I was prepared perfectly because, again, two teammates of mine just helped me. And we sit together um calculating what i need in carbohydrates for every um hour and also electrolytes and stuff and it worked out so pretty well i was like i just focused on the plan and it worked um but yeah sometimes i'm like oh it will be fine and i i go to the start line and actually it isn't fine so <laughs> i think preparation is key yeah definitely you're, you're touching on a topic I actually wanted to talk to you about, and that was sort of the specific ins and outs of your nutrition. And it's I find it so interesting that a lot of your races, it sounds like you kind of just wing it and you sort of just hope for the best. Is that a strategy that you've done most of the time when you don't have, have teammates there? Do you, you must sort of have some stuff to eat though or have like something to eat at the, at the aid stations. You know, what is your rough kind of food strategy? when it comes to race well i definitely like i'm <clears throat> i'm taking spring energy gels and scratch labs um for a, quite a while now for one year now before that i had morton which did not work for me at all so i'm definitely like i bring of course i do bring nutrition for the races um i'm not that unprofessional but <laughs> maybe it's more about the fact that i never really calculate how much I need per hour so I'm more like I'm listening to my gut and I take when I like, like I take a gel when I think it's time to take a gel which is just not the right thing to do because then it's probably probably too late because if you feel that you're like kind of hungry 
it's too late. Yep, you should um, have eaten an hour ago. <laughs> exactly. So that what hap- that's what happened to me last year in South Africa too. Um, I was like running through an aid station without refilling my flasks and it was such a hot day. It was such a hard race and like I ran out of water for like 10k. And actually then I was like, uh, I was kind of dehydrated. And what happened, of course, was like I was lying on the floor with cramps. And man, that was such a big learning, really. Like I I don't want to experience something like this again, because actually I was first and I ended up being second, which was just possible because I took a salt tablet. Um, So the nutrition for me became one of the things I have to think about um, really, really much before a race now. I I will not go into a race again thinking, no, it will be fine. I'm always like kind of know what I will do more or less to what I have to do to be kind of prepared for a race, which takes at least like six hours or something. And it's going to be pretty cool to see what you can achieve in your races when you come into it with a more clear nutrition strategy yeah. like that if you've managed to achieve the stuff you've achieved now by sort of just, just doing whatever on the day it'll be so cool to see what you can achieve once you actually like attack it with that that structured plan with your nutrition but i wouldn't call it like um i i wasn't like as i said already like i'm a super structured person though so i never really hit a race without thinking like i always thought about my nutrition it was more like the 100 yeah exactly like the timing it was more like i always carry everything with me and then in the finish line i still have so much of it like ah here's like still four gels and one of my teammates was like well kimmy you should have eaten them that's why you take (laughs) them with you like you're not carrying them around to show them the landscape you should eat them (laughs) (laughs) like and i was always like yeah well next time so that's definitely something like take your nutrition and if you need it like make a time plan like writing down the times every 30 minutes whatever take a gel take your time on the aid stations refilling your flasks and then i think that's key that's if this is working out that's so important actually because like the training is done and the legs are ready to race so if the brain is working the mindset is working the nutrition is working and you have a great day with your legs can't be any better, and you right? have a great race <laughs> and what, yeah. what about your nutrition outside of just the racing specifically because it's such mm. a big topic that i know people are really interested in from my time as a personal trainer and stuff i know that nutrition training is obviously a, a big topic that people are interested in but i just feel like there's something about nutrition that is like a big unknown kind of area and there's so many different theories and practices when it comes to what you should eat and you know your nutrition in general so what does your kind of nutrition look like just on a day-to-day sort of basis Um, That's also a topic um, which is not perfect yet. Like, I always think that I know what is healthy and what is good for me because, I mean, I eat healthy, I eat vegetables and fruits and stuff, but uh, I'm, what happened to me, like, the last weeks was, and that also caused trouble in my racing, 
I became way too efficient when it was like in eating. I was like, I did not really take my time anymore. I did not really enjoy it anymore. It was just like a, a like job. a, exactly. <laughs> it was part of the job, which is so sad because actually eating is so, it's one of the most wonderful things. So what I did actually was like, I was getting up um, and I prepared my breakfast while I was standing around. I ate my breakfast like uh, while I was standing around. I never sat down. Same for lunch, same for dinner. So actually, I always, like, I actually, while I was eating, I cleaned the kitchen already. So it was always in a hurry. And then at one point, my stomach was like, nah, nah, that's not good. You need the energy because the food is your energy. That's how you, like, how you be able to train um, every day, twice the day. So what I'm doing now is like learning to take my time again for eating because I think I know what is good for me. Like I eat, I don't eat uh, like I'm vegetarian. So I'll eat like um, uh, cereal in the morning with uh, fruits and stuff. I have like kind of light lunch most of the time um, with like, I don't know, bread or um, rice with vegetables or salad with avocado and lentils, stuff like that. So I, I do eat healthy, but sometimes all I need is just pasta. Like my favorite dish is pasta with pesto and a ton of parmesan oh that sounds delicious oh that's the that's the <laughs> that's the dream <laughs> that's the dream and yeah and chocolate and coffee and i mean i mean as long as my body tells me like i have to listen more to my body actually if my body is telling me hey what i want today is just um a slice of bread with avocado and egg that's totally fine but if he tell if it tells me today i would love to eat a pizza or chocolate or whatever that's also totally fine i need to learn again to listen to myself again and to like not see eating and nutrition only as one part of the job and i think that happens so much in professional sports because like what the people see is our body first and there's still this um thinking that the skinnier you are the better you are i think that's still part of the game and that's why it's getting so important that we that even us like the professional athletes and everyone else who enjoys sports not not only professionals everyone actually enjoys food because that's what you need to be to enjoy sports yeah i and would say holistic kind of view that you take on it is so important for your relationship with food too because if you go too serious down the other end that's when your relationship with food turns to shit basically Absolutely. And, you, and you don't feel comfortable eating the parmesan cheese or the chocolate or the pizza <laughs> but it sounds to me like you take quite a balanced approach to it where sounds like 80 or 90 percent of the time you're eating sort of healthy good foods mm -hmm. and then maybe a couple times a week you feel like a croissant or you want a pizza or something like that i and mean that's when you include that i'm in france now so yeah, um, exactly. there's croissants and um, baguette or oh, i don't know goat cheese whatever so um 
And I really, really much do love eating and do love to enjoy food. I just maybe forgot how, like, that it's okay to take the time for that whole process of eating. It's not just a job. It's actually so much more than that. So, yeah. And it's yeah. a term that people call mindful eating, where yeah. you're eating, you're not on your phone, you're not watching TV, you're just yeah. sitting there and you're just enjoying the food that you're eating. And it's so much better for your digestion as well because you're chewing your food. It's actually ready to be digested in you when it gets to your stomach. You're not, like you said before, walking around and eating at the same time. And if you're doing that and you're eating and you're in this kind of stressed state, it's not good for your digestion at all. Yeah, and actually it's so like it's so logical when I'm talking about it, but actually what I did yesterday was going to see a doctor because I felt like my stomach is pretty bad. It's always blown kind of, and then I was ta telling him how I eat and he was looking at me like, "Yeah, well, why are you here actually? All you have to do is like take your time for eating." And I was like, "Well, yeah, that's true actually. It's so Damn. easy." But Yeah, I was sitting there like, I think I have a problem. And he was like, yeah, you do, but it's not physically. It's like, take your time, girl. That's all you need. Can't give you any medication for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, yeah, also a learning, but it was quite embarrassing. It was like, I was sitting there and he was looking at me like, yeah, I can't tell you anything. All you have to do is like, take your time, enjoy life, enjoy food and all will be good. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, another thing I'd be interested to pick your brain on when it comes to the specific stuff for running, you know, like the the gear that you use, like your shoes, your clothing, your watch, your glasses, your hat, all that kind of stuff. I feel like, at least for me and probably people who are listening, when they're wanting to get into running, like because I've just started running again, you know, I'm like researching like the best shoes to buy, like doing all this like products research when it probably doesn't matter because I'm only running 2k anyway so probably doesn't matter <laughs> but um for people who are getting into running or are interested in a specific products what's your kind of approach to the products that you get and the ones that you use to be honest with you I feel kind of unprofessional in this whole talk because I'm always like talking about my behavior like ah, oh, I'm not prepared at all and stuff like that but I feel that's just your story <laughs> though right like maybe there's this idea that a professional athlete should be this or that but like you are that and the approach that you're taking is obviously working so like that's only your approach you can only speak from your experience <laughs> so I mean in my team there are so many who really like are like so well prepared but when it comes to like um uh shoes for example i take the shoes which feel perfect for me like i'm it's all emotional like i don't really care if it's heavier than another model for example or um whatever i i i try a shoe and if it feels good for me I run in it and so I sometimes can't even tell you the name of the shoe I'm wearing it's all like oh yeah I'm I'm wearing this shoe because it's it's good for me and it works for me and this is how I'll like how I deal with this whole kit stuff actually most of the time like of course I'm like with Adidas Terex as my sponsor I have a perfect partner for that because I get 
great racing kit. I get the light light stuff for racing. Um, I don't have to think that much about it because I get the stuff kind of. I just have to choose the right things for me out of the right things already, kind of. Um, yeah, but still, like we had three weeks ago, we had the discussion about uh, a new prototype we are now trying. And there was like on the one hand sitting part of like teammates who are like, who knew how much the shoe is waiting. Uh, the materials uh, that it's everything. made out of. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, nah, I don't like it because I like, I don't feel connected to the shoe kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. And they were looking at me like, oh, it's Kimmy again, talking about like <laughs> her feelings of being connected yeah. to a shoe. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, well, yeah. if I don't feel it, I don't wear it. Yeah. But now, like three weeks later, I kind of really much like the shoe because I get used to it, of course. I am always the person who is kind of negative in the beginning and then getting there. But still, like for me, it's really like, do I feel the product? Do I really like it? And then like, um, yeah, that's why I use something. So yeah, that's actually, I don't know if that's any helpful. <laughs> that's, no, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's almost about listening to your intuition more. Obviously you're, you've got a very educated intuition now too, though. So it's been crafted yeah. over time, but I could imagine that if you say wore a pair of shoes, for instance, that didn't feel quite right that could probably throw you off psychologically for mm. your race, even though maybe on paper they're the best shoes. Exactly. But it's almost like maybe a superstition kind of thing where, oh, these shoes aren't quite right, so I'm going to probably race poorly. And it could actually affect your race. It was also like for Sunday, for Marathon Mont Blanc, for example. I mean, the, the new shoes which are coming now, they are amazing. Like, they are really, really helpful in uphills and stuff but i don't i didn't feel stable in the beginning and i think for running downhills what you need is like confidence so i like i thought like nah for now i use the shoes i'm used to maybe in the race later when i'm used to the new shoe i will use it but i always have to feel like confident in a shoe and that's not because it's lighter or fancy or whatever it's because i wear it and i like it so that's always my go-to that's also when people ask me about shoes i'm always like well of course use adidas terex <laughs> but then it's like um it's so hard to tell because feet are so individual and so different so take your time go to a shop and try many different shoes i can tell you which shoes i am using but that's me don't like I can only tell you what works for me, but it's your foot, it's your running, it's your distance, whatever. So take your time, try them on, and then feel like if you feel good in them, take them. Um, that's always my advice. So um, I always say, if you feel good, take them. That's my response. I like that. That makes yeah. sense. <laughs> and in terms of measuring uh, progress, it, Maybe this, this is definitely more for a beginner because I can imagine you'd have a good idea of, you know, your pace and all that kind of stuff. But for a beginner who is going to hopefully progress, you know, throughout the next three months or six months, what kind of tools would you recommend to measure progress? Like, would you recommend something like a smartwatch or how would you, how would you measure the progress? 
I think um, like the first thing which came in my mind was the watch that helped me a lot when I started running properly. Like I was training with a group and I did not have a watch. And my coach back then was like, ah, I mean, it works because we are in a group and I can tell you like kind of how fast you should run. But definitely it helped me to buy a watch just to see my improvement also and just to see how fast I am running um, so that would be an ad advice I would give to beginners or even not only beginners, like to people who want to get faster or want to see a progress, like buy a watch. It doesn't have to be the craziest model, which can do everything. Actually, it's just cool to see the pace actually and the distance. Um, and, uh, I think a coach could be useful as well. And like to have somebody who is making the the nerd walk, uh, work and kind of for you that's so amazing like that's what I love so much about my coach that he like he is doing the brain work like he puts in the the sessions the pace everything all I have to do is like to do it but I don't really think about the numbers and everything it's more like okay that's my work I get it done um and that helped a lot to like get the hard sessions done and the hard sessions are the one who um, help you to get faster like the ones who hurt and you will definitely not like push yourself out of the comfort zone that easily um, like when you don't have someone who is like watching you kind of yeah, so that's absolutely. something I would definitely do yeah at what point in your journey did you decide to get a coach um, well actually I uh, started to run with this running club back when I was like when I studied and in the first time there like we had a coach for the whole group and then when he like after a while he saw that I am maybe a promising one so he started to coach me individually and then we started to like work together for I think three years and then I changed my coach last year because my coach right now is more focused on trail running and the coach before that was more he's a triathlete so he was more focused on road running and um, increasing the speed which was as which was i think pretty important to for me to increase the speed and then jump on the trails um so yeah that was kind of a given thing already so i found the group and then i found my coach yeah yeah and if people are interested and want to follow along your journey what is the best uh, platform for them to find you on um well i'd say it's instagram like i i'm always so negative about social media but actually it's also it could also be a positive thing i'm trying to be real on social media so i think that's maybe the best platform to get to know me in a way um i also have a website but it's only in german kind of so i don't know if that's very helpful for everyone um and there it's kind of like a mix between my writing and my um and the athlete it's kind of a yeah um so that's also a possibility but yeah i would say definitely instagram yeah it's interesting that you call out that you're quite real on your Instagram because I feel like that's what I've noticed like I've only been following you for maybe six months or something but I feel like you have an ability to be authentic 
on your Instagram. It's not just a highlight reel kind of thing. And that was evident in your most recent races where you were really transparent about how you felt. That makes me really happy that you're saying that actually, because that's exactly what I'm trying to do. Like be authentic and be real and be like, that's what I like when I see profiles where people try to tell the perfect world um, all the time. It's like, nah, man, that's, that can't be true. Yeah. Um, and that's why I'm like, I'm trying to be real, which means I like, I'm trying to be the grumpy person, which like who I am quite often, or if a race doesn't go well, a race doesn't go well. Or if a day is kind of shit, it is like that. So that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. And it takes a lot of courage to do that too, because it makes sense that people post when things are going well because you feel motivated and like you feel like you got something cool to share and it might not be anything you know malicious or anything in terms of the intent but it makes sense that oh, I feel good I'm gonna post on my social media whereas like when you don't feel good it takes a lot of courage and also just like I don't know a lot of energy even just to post on your social media um actually the thing is even if I do know that the social media world is not like, is not like, it's kind of um, telling you um, that like every post kind of is only positive. And there's like, it's so, as you said, it's so easy to tell um, or to speak about something which was great, but it's so hard or it's not easy to talk about something which, was kind of a negative thing so that's what still happens to me sometimes when I read posts um, uh, of professional trail runners or whatever they are always kind of like they they are racing there and they are racing there and they are experiencing this and they are like happy about this and I'm always like oh, that must be amazing to be like that but I, it comes yeah. back to that comparison thing again exactly right? Yeah. yeah. Well, if they have the ability to do that and live such an amazing life, why can't I live such an exactly. amazing life when really you're seeing like 40% or something of what their what their life is actually like? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm like that's really something which I have to get better with like trying to not compare my life and myself to anybody else um in in so many different ways like training wise working wise, running wise, whatever, eating wise. Um, yeah, but as we are now able to be, to take part of others, or other lives, at least like 24 seven, it's getting more and more difficult to like be happy with, with what you actually have. And I like, that's something I really want to feel like being happy with what I have, because it's so much like, I mean, I moved here like a teammate um, just told me some days ago and he was pretty harsh when he said that because he was really, really angry with me because I was like, again, in a Kimmy mood where I was like, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm meh, I'm not happy. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. he was like, Kimmy, what the fuck? Like you moved to Chamonix, which you wanted last year. You wanted like you are having a boyfriend, you, you are healthy, you're running, you are... You're doing what you love. 
Why are you still negative? Why are you not happy? Can you just be happy at least one day? Like really, and it, and that was maybe a moment for me where I realized, yeah, he's actually true. I kind of wasn't happy for quite a long time, which is not fair again, like, because actually everything is fine. So, yeah, that's yeah, again why I said like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, a, yeah. a saying that I heard years ago now that stuck with me is, as humans, we're more sensitive to negativity than to positivity. Yeah. So there could be nine things going right and one thing not going right. And we just focus on that one thing, Absolutely. you know, and like that's exactly what you're getting at. And I feel like it's just human nature and it makes sense. It's probably what's kept us alive as a species for so long, but now it's not really, really applicable. And the other thing that you kind of were touching on there that reminded me of another one of my favorite quotes. I feel like lots of quotes are coming to mind in this chat. Yeah. It's, um, compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who someone else is today. Mm-hmm. So it's all that. That's like, quite nice. Yeah. If if you're improving in some way on who you were yesterday, then it's all good. You know, someone today, someone else today has gone through a totally different journey to the journey that you've been on. And if you're doing well for all the stuff that you've gone through, that's the main thing, right? Right. And like, it just reminds me on an, um, like on a, article a good friend of mine sent me the other day after my race on Sunday and in this article it kind of said like maybe you did not have like a great race but actually focus on the good things like you were able to run faster maybe compared to last time you were able to get your nutrition done in like compared to last time which where it did not feel good or that great or you were able to take the uphill faster than last time. So actually you did like what you achieved is a lot, but it's just not what you expected of yourself. So just be positive about the little steps and then you get to the point where you want to be, maybe not now, but soon. So just take your time. And I was like, yeah, well, that's, that's so nice. And that's so true. But still, as we said already, theory and like (laughs) real life is, um, always two kind of things but yeah i'm I'm really trying to focus on these things like take your time kimmy it'll be fine that's awesome i'm I'm personally interested in following your journey and how you kind of discover uh, different things about yourself throughout this time it's definitely (laughs) going to be an interesting one and i really appreciate you coming on and also being so vulnerable and willing to talk about um the stuff that you're going through right now because like your instagram you know it's not easy to talk about stuff when they're not going right it's easy to talk about stuff when it's going well yeah i think um like just receiving all the messages on sunday from so many different people telling me that they really are inspired by my possible like by the way that i'm showing that we are also like professional athletes are also just humans i mean yeah we are not machines even if sometimes so many like many athletes try to be like a machine like constantly um working 100 percent um we are not machines so that's why i'm trying to be as honest as and as real as i can and if i yeah if people like you for example who actually I don't know. Are you tra- like do you trail running on? Uh, because 
I'm interested how you found my page. So <laughs> then uh, if I even... Because well, yeah. I, yeah, I watched the Golden Trail series, you know, started following oh, yeah. Simone. And then you specifically, I don't know, maybe it was either from the Golden Trail series or like you might have just come up as recommended or something. Mm got into my algorithm somehow <laughs> but that's like you know even like people like you who are not in my sports kind of so not in mm. my bubble um and i'm mm. like who are motivated to follow my journey that's really what motivates me to um yeah to keep like to stay exactly how i am like yeah i'm kimmy i'm a grumpy head but i'm also um like i i know what i have and i know like i'm thankful for what i have so and i'm i'm still learning and if i can inspire people with this i'm more than happy yeah that's awesome i think we'll leave it there eh? thank you so much camille i do appreciate your time thank you for having me